Welcome to the CLS Experience. I'm your host, Craig Siegel. I'm a born and raised New Yorker who achieved success with multiple businesses, but I crave something deeper. So I dedicated myself to personal growth and transformation by revamping my mindset. I went from being unable to run a mile to conquering four marathons the following year. Now, I want to help others manufacture big breakthroughs of their own. You don't go to a coach because there's something wrong with you or you're broken or you need to be fixed. You go to a coach because you have a desire to perform at a higher level. And the coach brings strategy. The coach brings a mindset. The coach brings a fresh perspective. The coach brings, you know, to some of my people, I just open their mind to new possibilities. You know, a lot of the people that I've coached in the mortgage space or real estate space or insurance space, you know, I don't really teach them how to sell more insurance or more mortgages. What I do is open their mind to being a person of interest, open their mind to writing their own books, to speaking around the world, to being on their own podcast. You know, so I kind of bring what, I, what what's called Vujade to the equation, which is a, a fresh way to look at an old and tired problem. Right. And that's kind of what I think a good coach does. It's like, hey, man, you're not looking at it this way. On today's episode of the CLS Experience, we have a very special treat. He is the leading authority on activating the prey drive. He's a former championship women's basketball coach, international keynote speaker, and a best-selling author, no big deal. He facilitates massive growth in humans and helps them inner-engineer themselves to compete at the highest of levels. He's hired by some of the world's top companies to activate their employees to flip the switch and accelerate their growth, both in business and as human beings. He's just a juggernaut in all facets of life and a terrific husband and father. Please welcome the intense, positive, driven, and dynamic, charismatic coach, Michael Bird. How you doing, coach? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me today. I'm excited to be with you and uh, just enjoyed hearing your story and hopefully bring some value to these folks today that are watching us. And I know you will. And like I was saying before we hit record and went on air, we got a lot of mutual friends. We probably could have chatted for an hour, um, but I've been watching from afar from a little bit. This is, in all honesty, the first time that we get to connect. And I'm so excited to share you with my audience. We're a couple million now. For, for anyone that might not be familiar, what I would suggest is, is do a deep dive on code. Check out his books, his social media, his website. He's on absolute fire doing his thing. And the way he articulates things is really special. But what I think is most valuable today is we just have an unbelievable conversation. Before we dive in, we're going to get a little weird. Ready for me, coach? Yes. What is your superpower? Ability to take a concept, deconstruct that concept, package it, and then market and monetize it. That is my superpower. Very, very purposeful and intentional about that. Yeah. 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 That's that. I think that came because of who I studied under. From 18 to 25, I was a deep disciple of Covey, and I thought I was learning the seven habits Covey was teaching. What I was really learning kind of subliminally was how to package a concept, because the way he packaged ideas and concepts, somehow that stuck with me. And that's kind of been what I've become really, really known for is just taking a concept and just deconstructing that and codifying it and then making it simple for people to understand. Because that, at the end of the day, like you can hear all the knowledge, the podcast, the books, YouTube, all that stuff, but you have to be able to take action, right? And, and execute it. Uh, and you do a really brilliant job of, of really making the concepts digestible. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I, I think 
I used to, t- there's an example, I would read the seven habits when I was 18 years old, and then I would go tell other people, read the seven habits, and they would come back and say, it's too complicated. It's too hard to read. And so I began writing books that were simple, right? If you see my books, they're simple. They're on big concepts. The new book is a little bit bigger because it's published uh, through McGraw-Hill. But, but at the end of the day, I have big concepts. And the big concept, Prey Drive is a big concept. Person of interest, big concept. Million dollar follow-up, big concept. So what I do is I look at the market and I go, what are the problems that people would pay to solve that are that are recurring or neglected problems? And how can I tackle those problems with my skill set? Bang. It's, that's where we drop the mic, but we're just getting warmed up. I told the audience today, coach is coming in hot with some nuggets. Uh, it's interesting because when I pivoted from Wall Street to, to doing the CLS thing and, and really filling my purpose, I had to put my ego aside and really understand that I don't know what I don't know. And, and even right now, like I'm training for the Chicago Marathon, which is in less than two weeks. And for the first time, instead of running alone, I'm running with a running club. They're basically like Olympians. They run like gazelles. And I had a bit of like imposter syndrome. Like I'm not gonna be able to keep up with these cats. And then I shut that voice down. And I realized that just trying to be around them, being honest, they're significantly further ahead. I'm going to level up. And I've never you know, been in a better place for me athletically and so forth. And also mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And when I started CLS, I started to get around big thinkers, people that were further ahead. And it's just contagious. And the reason why I bring this up is because you're one of the top coaches on the planet. And one thing that you often say, and I think this is so important for the audience who might have a bit of an ego or think they could do it all alone. You say that a good coach can change your life. Yeah, I think if you, you know, there was a book written about Bill Campbell in Silicon Valley called The Trillion Dollar Coach. And, you know, he was he, he was responsible for coaching people that ultimately created a, a trillion dollars of value. And, it's interesting because after his life was over, he didn't write that book. Some of his clients wrote that book about him. And you start asking, why would these top people go to a coach? Well, a coach, you don't go to a coach because there's something wrong with you or you're broken or you need to be fixed. You go to a coach because you have a desire to perform at a higher level. And the coach brings strategy. The coach brings a mindset. The coach brings a fresh perspective. The coach brings, you know, to some of my people, I just open their mind to new possibility. You know, a lot of the people that I've coached in the mortgage space or real estate space or insurance space, you know, I don't really teach them how to sell more insurance or more mortgages. What I do is open their mind to being a person of interest, open their mind to writing their own books, to speaking around the world, to being on their own podcast. You know, so I kind of bring what I, what, what's called Vuja Day to the equation, which is a, a fresh way to look at an old and tired problem, right? And that's kind of what I think a good coach does. It's like, hey, man, you're not looking at it this way. Nutrition Solutions offers the best healthy meal prep options for health, wellness, weight loss, and improved performance. The customer service and support at Nutrition Solutions is unbelievable and second to none. And when I travel for my marathons, the meals are waiting at my hotel. I don't even have to break a sweat. Even their protein donuts and breakfast items are made with fresh organic ingredients. I love Nutrition Solutions' reliability, quality, and all-around lifestyle that they represent, which is world-class. To get both physically and mentally fit, go to NutritionSolutions.com and use promo code CLS25. Thank me later, you dig. 
Like I'm about, to, I just hired a coach for me to, to, to bring my book to the market, to make it a bestseller. Cause I have a desire to make it a New York times bestseller, wall street journal bestseller. So why not go hire somebody who has done it consistently, right? Because they know how to do something, you know, and I've had Amazon bestsellers, but I've never had a, a New York times bestseller. And that's a desire of mine. That's an ambition. So it's like, okay, who can help me do this? And yeah. so I have no ego as it relates to that whatsoever. Beautifully said. And when you put it like that, it's like the only thing wrong is if we don't pursue support, right? By someone that's a little further ahead. And, and the way you were describing that, a word that comes to mind is, is perspective, right? Because it's not like we're broken and we need fixing. It's just somebody to give you a little bit of a different perspective to become a vibrational match for the stuff, the abundance out there and, and the stuff that you're meant for, right? Yeah, I think I think sometimes the way you see the problem is the problem. And, uh, you know, I was just in Lake Tahoe on Friday speaking to people. And sometimes I just I say, man, the way you're looking at this is all wrong, you know, because you're, you're being fed X, Y, Z. We're in a recession. It's hard to do business. We're doing this. And then, you know, I do a session. And they're like, man, I never thought about it that way. I never thought about how much opportunity there was or how much strategic partnership or how many intentionally congruent uh, lines of business I could create. And so it's just, that's what a coach does, man. It's just open your mind to possibility. That's it. And oftentimes, like, there's an expression. Uh, I think you say it, actually. Uh, it's hard to see the picture when you're outside the frame or, or yep. something along those lines. Is that right? When you're inside the frame. Yeah, you can't see the picture when you're inside the frame. Yeah. And um, you, know, you, you need somebody to come along and go, hey, man, you're looking at, the way you're looking at this is all wrong. Hell yeah. Like, I, remember sell, I remember selling my house, one of the uh, house I had before I, when I got married and I loved the house and I was emotional about leaving the house, but the house I was moving to was 10 times better than the house I had. And I remember sitting on the back patio, just sitting there going, man, I don't think I can sell this because I love it. And my real estate agent's like, what is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> like the house you're moving to is 10 times better, but it was, emo- it was emotional. So I moved to the new house. I called him like a week later and I'm like, man, this is 10 times better than the house I had. He's like, I know, but you couldn't see it. Because you're so emotional about it, right? And sometimes it's that's the problem is we're just we have a assumption and bias and prejudgment. And we have things, you know, when I was working on my doctorate, I had a course in assumption, bias, and prejudgment. And I'm like, why am I in this course? You know, like what what am I gonna learn in this course? Well, what I was learning was that every single person brings assumption, bias, and prejudgment to every scenario based on their past, based on their experiences. And once you get that. You, you can help another person because that's the way they see it, right? But sometimes the way they see it could be wrong. Their premise could be wrong. They may be looking at it the wrong way. And so like looking at a coach, like, oh, I don't need a coach. You know, I'm making a million dollars a year and a million dollars a year is a lot of money, but not in comparison to someone who's making 10 million a year. Or, oh, I'm helping, you know, it's like when Brad Lee went so Tony Robbins, you know, Tony Robbins said to Brad Lee, man, I'm getting 10,000 people at my events. Like, like, what else do I need to do? And and Brad, this as he tells it, kind of stopped and said, well, 10,000 people is kind of small to the number of people you want to help on the planet, right? That's why you need your online academy. The online academy could actually touch 10 billion people, not 10,000 people. And so it's all perspective. So I think sometimes that's what a coach does. Yeah, I love that. And I couldn't agree more, 100%. And one thing that you mentioned there is being married. Uh, you're doing something right in that category for sure. I just got engaged a couple of months back. Uh, so I'm in that honeymoon phase. I'm just so excited about life. So excited about my soulmate and my fiance, Alessia, and so forth. And the reason I bring that up is because 
one thing that you do, which I think is really cool and really special. We have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to is you run power couples retreats. I think that's awesome. Why is that so important to you? Uh, a lot of people would ask my wife, uh, what's it like living with me, you know, driven and ambitious. And, and my coaching program is called Monster Producer. And my wife began to answer that question by saying, it ain't, it ain't easy living with a monster. It ain't, it's not easy living with a guy like my husband, but that's what I love about my husband and is that he's always going, he's doing, he's, he's always pursuing his potential. And so she wrote a book my wife did called Living with a Monster. And it's a short book, but it's a book about how you live and thrive in partnership when you're married to a driven person. How do you, we have three kids. I travel all over the world. Uh, how do we keep it all together? We got a newborn, uh, you know, five week old. I'm on the road a lot. How does she handle the kids? How do we keep it? How do we do retreats? How do we do boot camps? How do we, you know, and so we started doing couples retreats around the concept and became incredibly popular. We take 15 couples at a time. They come to our uh, house in Florida. We rent big houses around our house. So they all stayed together in these big houses. And then they come over to our house for three days of what I would consider more facilitation. It's not coaching. It's basically we're working through a structure. Okay. And what's happened is they're having big revelations. It's like, oh my goodness, this is why we, we this is why we have a problem here. And this, we don't have any goals or vision for our marriage. And we don't know where we're going. And we, how do we get on the same page? And, you know, so they leave there just closer than when they came. And we have people that gone, they've been married for 50 years. They've gone through that. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and we have people that are just couples or engaged or we have couples you know, so we have marriages that are struggling to go to it. So that's really why we did. It's probably some of the most meaningful work we do because of the feedback we get from people. I mean, one, one feedback was I've gone to couples therapy for years. Uh, nothing helped my spouse understand me better than going through this with you guys. So it's the best. They said it's the best 5,000 bucks ever spent. Isn't that the best? Like, like, I don't know about you. I imagine it is like, that's how you seek validation these days. Like when I was a bit immature and not lying, like, making money on Wall Street or looking good at the gym. But now it's like somebody listens to this conversation and they hit me up, they go, Craig, I heard the conversation with you, Coach Burt. Something you said really helped me shift my perspective and I changed my life or I took strategies and applied them and so forth. Somebody's saying to you, nothing I've ever done has helped the relationship more. That's beautiful. Testament to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, we're not, we're not counselors. We're, we're literally just two people trying to do it just like other people are. We have good days and bad days and get, you know, get kids and all kinds of things. So we're just trying to show, hey, this is how you keep getting up and keep fighting, man. Keep fighting through the adversity. Keep showing up. Keep doing it. Yeah. A lot of people these days in couples, and I'm no relationship expert, um, but a lot of them give up a little bit sooner, I think, than they should. Maybe why the divorce rate is so high. Uh, sometimes you have to acknowledge like it's going to be challenging, right? To be in a relationship. Obviously, if it's not in alignment and you guys have drifted apart, better off separate. But I'm just curious, like, what do you, what do you think about like people maybe not giving up so fast and really trying to work through some stuff? I think we live in kind of a cotton candy world where it tastes good for a minute and then, and then you go away. And I remember going through a class many years ago. And a guy said something that stuck with me. He said, every relationship you ever had is going to go through us uh, four cycles. It, uh, passion, it's always going to start with passion. Then there's going to be periods it goes through duty, right? Like you do it because you, you, you got to do it. Then it goes through periods of burden. It feels like a burden to you, right? But then it comes back home to commitment. And you remember why you committed to it in the beginning. 
And if you think about your career, there's periods where it's on fire, passionate, excited. Then there's days it's like, this is a duty. I got to show up. I got to do it. Then it feels like a burden sometimes. Like I coach thousands of people a month. Yep. And, and I don't think people really understand uh, there's a burden that comes along with that, almost like a pastor of a church, because there's thousands of people expecting you every month to show up, have a good attitude, never have a bad day. Uh, so there's a burden that comes along with not in a negative way, but but it's a heavy burden. And then he comes back home to commitment. And this is why I got into this to begin with. And this is why this is why it's part of, you know, my purpose of helping people around the world. So I do believe in that cycle. I think your marriage will go through that cycle. I think every relationship goes through that cycle. So I thought that was uh, good advice that he gave. I think it was awesome. If, if I'm being honest, I've heard that articulate like that and, and it makes perfect sense. Uh, d- digestible for anybody listening today in, in any type of relationship. Uh, your purpose, obviously helping facilitate growth and uh, exceeding their potential and coaching. You knew that pretty early on, even when you were in college. Is that right? You had clarity that young? I did. I, I actually had clarity at 15 years old. Really? I, I, yeah, I started coaching junior pro basketball when I was 15. And man, it's like the minute I, I was doing it, I was just coaching kids. I was a kid coaching kids. Okay. But I I remember like staying up on the weekends, charting things out and, and writing each kid a letter to tell them I was proud of coaching. It's like almost like I just stepped into my calling by a question that somebody asked me. And so the minute I started doing it, I'm like, this is what I want to do. And it's like, I, I, at 18, I had a job at a bank. I was terrible. I got fired. I was a teller at a bank and I got fired. I pumped gas. Those are back in the days when people pull up and would pump the gas. I got fired at that. And uh, I kept wanting to be a coach. And so I literally at 18 years old, while I was in college, went to an elementary school and just was so persistent. I got, I got a job coaching. And uh, found out that I was good at it. We won a championship in my first year. And then by 19, I was at the second largest high school in Tennessee coaching. By 22, I was the head coach. So I started early knowing like, like if you were around me, you knew this is what this guy's supposed to do. He's supposed to coach people. And I never had any intentions, uh, Craig, to be honest with you, of doing what I do today. I mean, I was going to be, I was going to win championships at the high school level. I was going to go into college and be a major division one coach. That was my dream. It's all I thought about. It's all I dreamed about. I never had any intention of doing what I do today uh, until I wrote my first book, which was 17 books ago. And I, and, and, and I just I just went out and started, you know, people asked me to come speak at something. And I'd go speak and I'd be like, oh, you know, this was fun. I enjoyed it. And then people started saying, will you come back? Will you coach my team? This was in the early 2000s. So coaching, business coaching wasn't, popular. You know, you had Tony Robbins in the 90s, Zig Ziglar, but you didn't have business coaching like today. Like it's it's a status symbol to have a business coach today. Everybody's got a coach today. In those days, it was new. It was fresh. It's like, okay, will you come back and speak to our people again? And I'm like, yeah, sure, man. Thanks for buying the book. And then people started paying me more in an an hour than I was making in a month. And I started go, okay, this, this has some legs. I think I can do this. Uh, professionally. And after I won a championship and kind of built a championship culture, uh, I retired at 31 years old to, to, to start a coaching business. Yeah. W- what a journey, right? Uh, and like you can only connect the dots looking backwards, but, but now of course, like the writing was on the wall, you won a championship and, and you helped them, but now you're able to help on, on a much bigger scale. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I've started feeling that way because that's the number one question. So odd, Craig, the number one question I get asked is, how did you start doing this? How did you go from being a high school basketball coach to this? Right. And I kept having this feeling that I'm supposed to be playing on a bigger level. I call that being a level 10 person stuck in a level four opportunity. I was a level 10 dude. And I knew deep down, man, there's a bigger, I'm supposed to be going around the world and I'm supposed to be helping more people. And, and I kind of outgrew the high school coaching, but, but so many coaches would never leave. Like it took a lot of guts for me to leave, especially at 31 years old. And, uh, but I knew I, was, I could do it. I knew I could do this. I didn't know how big it would get. And I certainly never dreamed of it giving me the life that this has given me and my family. But, uh, but man, I just get up every day and, and coach people. That's all I do all day, every day. You know what the best part about you and all this is? You're just getting warmed up. Yeah. Yeah. I, be, I mean, I believe that. It's slow. It seems slow to me because I want to be such a, like, you know, like you've got aspirations of being known in the world, and I do too. And, you know, so I'm constantly like, man, it's, t- it's taking too long to get there. And, and, and you know, because I'm looking at the, the big players that are in the space, most of them are 20 years older than me whether it be Maxwell or Robbins or Cardone or who, whoever you follow, you know, they're most of those guys are 20 years older than me and they got into the space or they got into something, but you look at people like, you know, even Ed, my you really didn't become known until just, I mean, I remember several years ago going, I didn't even know who he was. And then it's like, boom. Yeah. Then he went, right. You're seeing most of those guys in their late forties, early fifties or, or some later just explode. And it's just this long, I call long obedience in the same direction. I know you do. You I know, love it you should. Say that. Um, um, um. Yeah. It's compounding, right? Uh, and you, yeah. you're right. All the guys that you mentioned, it's funny because Ed's a good friend of mine. He's been on the show twice. And one thing that him, John Gordon, and a bunch of people say to me is that life doesn't even really begin until your 40s. Uh, I'll soon yeah. find that out, God willing. Um, but it's true. These people have been doing it a lot longer than both of us, but, but specifically you. And you just every single day, long obedience in a forward direction or in the same direction, it's compounding. And, and also, like I'm sure you already know this, but like you'll only ever really see 10% of the impact you're making. Like 10% of the people yeah. might comment or like on your photos or let you know that you touch them. Uh, but the most of them are paying attention, but you just don't know about it. Yeah. And I think sometimes to your point, what I, what I signal to people is just a guy that gets up and tries to do it every day and be consistent. And I hear that comment a lot. Thank you for being consistent. Thank you for showing me work ethic. Thank you for showing me, you know, how to pursue a dream or how to pursue a goal with an intensity. And uh, I think that's just a coach in me, you know, and that's where that intensity comes from is, is in sports, you really only as good as your last game. Right. There is no time for complacency because because as soon as you relax in sports, you get beat and people forget about all the good you did. They, they just remember the last game. And so when I come to the business world, I didn't see that intensity. And I'm like, people get way too complacent. They don't push. They don't have intensity. They don't have targets. They don't like I can't understand because in sports, like we went on Tuesday, we go to work for Friday. We went we take a day off. And we got, but we didn't have any days off really back in those days. It was literally from one game to the next game, playing 40 some games a year. And uh, that's the way I kind of grew up as a, as a young kid. It's the only way I knew. Uh, so when I started my business, man, I just, I, I had a different kind of intensity than most people did. What a great point. And also like I heard you mention this and I'd love to hear your answer. You asked the audience, I'm like, how do you measure whether you won or lost this week? So, so I got to ask the man himself, like, how do you measure that? 
you know, I, I, I'm a pretty, I'm, I'm pretty hard guy to please because I'm, I'm hard on myself, really hard on myself. I try to, I'm, as I'm getting older, I'm starting to focus on uh, the gain, so to speak, versus the gap that, that most people live in. You know, that's why I like the concept of the gap and the gain. Because any day I'm frustrated, be honest with you, I was really frustrated this morning. My son woke up at 4 a.m. and I was trying to go to the gym, but then I had to take care of my son. So because I got a new newborn, my wife's taking care of one kid. I'm taking care of the other. Kind of yeah, thank you. It kind of messed my morning routine up and I was frustrated and I was trying. Then I come out, then, then you know, and so my day didn't start the way I wanted it to with the workout and this and this. And then I come out to this, you know, beautiful 8,000 square foot lodge I have here on 23 acres. I'm sitting there going, man, what's wrong with me? Like, like, how could I be frustrated with the life that I have? Like, like, so I constantly have to remind myself, you know, but guys like me, the way we're wired, we're never there. We're always pushing. It's like one day we'll make it, you know, and that's just that, that activates our prey drive though, to be honest with you, is we need it. We need a game to play. We need a competition. We need a fight. We need something that re-engages us constantly. Yup, that's correct. Billionaire Mark Cuban is motivating entrepreneurs daily with his three commas line of apparel, accessories, and coffee. Three commas has the softest suede crew tees, a great line of accessories, and the best direct trade Colombian coffee. Join the three commas club on Instagram at three commas or visit their website threecommas.com to learn more. Thank me later, you dig. I love it. It's straight up gripping. And I have that mindset too, like you've never arrived, right? And sometimes it's probably a gift and a curse. Something that I've needed to learn to do a little bit better of a job of, if I'm being honest, is is celebrate the milestones along the way, right? Not pop champagne or what case may be, but take a second and acknowledge the milestone. And then of course, on to the next one, right? Well, it's funny that you're saying we've got a new guy on our team who's very high D, very driven, new sales guy. And, and I love his prey drive, love it. But he's constantly finding something wrong, right? Like we could do this better, we do this better, we do this better. And, I, and one day I said to myself, look, man, we, we can always do things better. But we are in the top 0.001% of money earners in the coaching profession. Okay. And so, so I just want to put it in perspective that even on our worst day and all these things that can get better, we're still operating at a much higher level than many of the people out there who are just trying to get it going. So just keep, keep it in perspective of where we are in relationship to where we could be, that's the gap, but also in relationship to where we are in relationship to the marketplace, you know, and that's something I try to remind myself every day. It ain't perfect. We're not where we want to be, but thank God we're not where we used to be. Yeah. I'm actually going to take a mental load of that for sure. Uh, great perspective. hundred percent. So many places we could take this conversation. There's a couple of key points I really want to hit because I think it's so exciting for the audience. One of the other nuggets that you drop coaches, your business is hungry and you need to feed it every day. What do you mean by that? I think I think big time people have certain mindsets about about things. And some of the mindsets I write about in the new book, uh, Flip the Switch is coming out in January, is we go to bed tired and we wake up hungry. Right. It all goes to zero at midnight, whether it does or not. You tell yourself that it all goes to zero at midnight. It's going to be a fight, but we're going to find a way to win. There comes a time when winter asks what we did all spring and summer. 
And these are just sayings that I had as a coach that constantly reminded me, we go to bed tired, we wake up hungry. We don't go to bed tired and wake up complacent. We don't go to bed tired and wake up, right? The business is hungry because it needs revenue. And I'm doing a $7 million project in downtown Nashville right now called a greatness factory. No big deal. And what I realized, yeah, what I, re- what I realized by doing that is, A, are you bringing in enough money to fulfill your purpose? See, what I realized when you really build something from nothing, from scratch, A, how it's incredibly expensive it is and, uh, and how much money you got to bring in to feed that animal, Right now, once we get it up and going, it kicks off passive revenue, ideally four or five hundred thousand a year in passive income through the rentals, through the rents, through all the things that it can do. But to get to get that mammoth off the to get it up and going, it ain't easy. It takes an enormous amount of cash. And I raised a million dollars of capital uh, as well, but but it's just like we're not bringing in enough revenue, man, to do bigger projects. What if we want two? What if we want three? I'm doing success schools for kids right now. And, you know, got to have staff and you got to have marketing and you got to do this. And, you know, it's like people don't really understand that. So you think, oh, I got a million dollars or two million dollars or whatever you have. But then it's like then the size of the deals just get bigger. And it's like, well, that's nothing, man. (laughs) That's nothing compared to what I need to go do that. So it's 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 challenging, but it's fun at the same time. Yeah. Hell yeah. What, What a great answer. Uh, and, and really relatable for anybody, no matter where you are in your journey. Uh, only negative I got going on is we don't have 10 hours to chat. It's a straight up gold, but, but I know it's the beginning of the friendship. So I'm excited about that. Uh, another thing that you mentioned, which reminds me of some of the days back on Wall Street, so true. I think it's good for the audience here today is the fortune is always in the follow up. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think you, you, you working on Wall Street is such an advantage for you because of perspective it gives you about people like not only were you learning about economics but you were learning about people and money and success and 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 perspective and so it's you know it's a really cool background that you have because because you're really learning like this is this is how people play at a high level this is how they do it and i i wrote a book called million dollar follow-up and i wrote that book for one reason uh i was frustrated in how people followed up with me and i would see people you know, bring opportunity to me or bring a partnership to me. And then I, then they wouldn't follow up. And on a plane ride, literally on a plane ride, coming back from somewhere, I'm like, man, I'm going to just write a book about how to follow up properly. And it, it really caught steam because all the real estate people I coach need to follow up. All the mortgage people, all the insurance people, all the financial services people. When you break follow up down, you understand that that Newton's law says an object at rest will stay at rest unless acted on by an outside force, right? You understand that we're distracted. Objects in motion will stay in motion unless acted on by an outside force. So there's two really groups of people. There's people that are sitting in a stationary position. They're at rest that you're trying to get to take an action. And then there's people who are moving that are people of interest and you got to get them to slow down long enough to present an opportunity to them, right? And so what I talked about in that book is going the distance of seven to 15 touches, number one. But number two, how you follow up is everything. The purpose of the follow-up is to help a person make a decision. And the word decide means to kill something off. The word decision means to cut something away. So I'm following up with you, Craig, to help you make a decision. And I'm reminding you that you have a problem or an ambition, and I have a solution to that problem or ambition, but I can't help you with that until you commit to something, 
right? And if you run a coaching business, right, like I do, I track three, three to 4,000 leads every 90 days. These are people who have raised their hand, bought something for me, come to an event, and we're trying to get them to take an action, sign up for a coaching program, come to an event. And you would be shocked how hard that is for people to make a simple decision to spend anything from $497 to $10,000, right? And it's like they're scared to death. Like if you listen in our sales calls, they're scared to death to it to lose money or what if it don't work or what if it is, you know, they just can't make a decision. And um, so the person who is very skilled at helping people make decisions will be the person that makes a lot of money in their lifetime. Hell yeah. And you mentioned that so many people are scared and I see that myself. And something I always like to remind them is like, what is the cost of inaction, right? Like what is the cost of you not making a decision right now? waking up six months from now, possibly in the same spot, miserable, unfulfilled. I know for me, like when I pivoted, that played a big role. I I just knew I was here for more and needed to do something. And for the audience to say, like, I know it can be scary stepping into the unknown and betting on yourself, but it's a lot scarier to wake up with regret. Trust me on that. Right, coach? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Dan Pink's got the new book out called uh, The Power of Regret. And uh, he kind of took a new spin on regret. And he basically says regret is good. Regret causes a person to change, right? If, if the regret's strong enough, it will cause you to change. And in that, he, he talks about if onlys and something else. But the if onlys is good. If only I would have done this. If only I would have done this. If only I would have told a person I loved them. If only I'd have been there. If only I'd have followed up, right? And those those are negative things, right? It's like, hey, when you have a thought, take an action. You know, a, a solution to a lot of problems is taking an action, in my opinion, right? That's part of prey drive. Prey drive is pursuit. It is initiation. All I can do is initiate. I can't control the response. All I can control, control is the ask. All I can control is, hey, I got an idea. Hey, I'm following up to help get the cross, this across the finish line. Hey, man, we can't help you to commit. Like, that's all I can. I cannot control the response of that. And the fear of rejection is so strong in people. Fear, rejection starts very early in life, right? When I had my first daughter, take her down to the, to the, to the park and uh, take her down to the park. And she, uh, she wanted to play with the other kids, but the other kids didn't want to play with her and she couldn't understand, right? She'd come back to me and she said, daddy, right? She'd come back to me and say, daddy, why don't they want to play with me? She felt rejected even at three, four, five years old. And I said, well, sometimes in life, the other kids are not going to play with you. You know, they're, they're, they're not going to play with you. And that's, but, but look at how early that starts in life that plants a seed that we are feeling rejection when another person doesn't want to do something with us. And if you could ever remove that, remove that consideration, then the game changes because now you're not afraid of anything. You're remarkably bold. And when you're remarkably bold, man, so what? Some will, some won't. So what? Who cares? Keep on moving. I have this, a smile from ear to ear, and this will be published as a video to the audience to see. The reason being is, is talk about alignment. The next thing I, I was going to ask you was talk about re- remarkable boldness, brother. <laughs> you went right into it. One of, the, one of the many things I love that you talk about. So I'm good friends with Kevin Elko. Kevin Elko is Nick Saban's psychologist at Alabama, and he's a researcher. So what he really does is he researches high performance, how to help people win, and then he feeds that information to Saban and and all the other people he works with. And he came back and he said, man, when they did a study, Forbes wanted us to do a study of the habits 
of the top 1% of performers. And I go, okay, this is interesting. Really? And so basically what they found is they found that the top 1% of performers, not the top 1% of money earners, because there could be a 1% t- teacher that never makes more than 50000 a year. There could be a 1% firefighter. There could be a 1%, right? So it's the habits of the top 1%. They, they most likely will be the habits of the top 1% of money earners as well. But one of those habits is remarkable boldness. And remarkable means striking. That means it's noticeable. Boldness is fearlessness, okay? So if what if we could teach our kids to be remarkably bold? That means they have no fear of, of, of being out in front of people. They have no fear of rejection. They have no fear of, right? They have no fear of those things. So that's just what we're trying to teach our kids in success schools. We are teaching nine to 17-year-olds the habits of the top 1% of performers. That's what the curriculum is. 12 weeks with the coach in a group plus one-to-one coaching on those habits. Because if I was going to give my kid anything, I would be interested in giving her or all three of my kids those things, those habits. And that's really beautifully said, but I want to acknowledge you for that. The way you articulate things, it really makes it digestible for the audience. Yeah. Once you have that, it's all mindset, right? Like, it's a, you being afraid of rejection is a story that you have in your head and, and you have the option if you're aware to replace that story with a more empowering one. Is that right? Yeah, I think I think this is why you need coaching coming into your life is that is that you're you're being enlightened and that word means to shine light on darkness. OK, when I package the top. So when I hear things like that, when Elko said that to me, I said, man, do you mind if I include that in some of my talks. He said, no, go for it. And so I started including some of my talks and man, it, people loved it. So I take each habit. I would talk about that habit. I would tell a story around that habit. And then people come to me and go, boom, I love that habit. And people lock into remarkable boldness more than any habit of the top five. Right. But the other ones, intrinsic motivation, connection, built it a lock in grid and resilience. Like people lock in and go, you know what? I'm missing habit two, three, and four or number one. That could be the only thing keep holding you back from going to the next level is just have a framework of knowing what the best do and go, if I just do what they do, I could be one of the best. That's it. I love this straight up. Um, Just admire you so much and everything you say, like, look, we're not necessarily reinventing the wheel. A lot of people say different, you know, similar things, but there's, there's a way to, to deliver it, right? And I love your analogies, brother. They're awesome. Another thing that you speak about that I think is really good for the audience today is winning the internal battles in life. I would argue to say mental fitness, like even more important than, yeah. because the internal story creates the external, right? Yeah, and the self-talk. You know, what? What? when I spoke at 10X in 2018, a lot of people asked me, what, what did that what did it, what did it do for me? And what did I learn? And what I learned is that I deserve to be on stages like that. I learned that I could hold my own. I learned that I could hold my own versus the best in the world. Not that I was better or worse than them. I just learned that, Hey, you put me on a stage with 10,000 people with some of the best people in the world and and I could hold my own. Okay. Because I've been spending my whole life preparing for things like that as a coach. So I walked out of there with the confidence of knowing, okay, all of these guys are great at what they do. They're all the best at what they do, but I I can be the best at what I do. Right. And if you can ever think of yourself like this, like that one's the best at this, that one's the best at this, that one's the best at this. 
but I have a little niche over here that I can be the best at. And that's okay, right? So people can say, hey, Tim Grover's the best on winning and Milet's the best on, you know, power of one more or connection or, you know, what he's teaching or max out. Cardone's the best at marketing. Bert's the best at coaching on pre drive, right? Like, like, like that's how you need to think about it. That's the way I thought about it. And that's what I learned by speaking on the big stages. Hell yeah. And you do deserve a seat at the table, brother. You're awesome. And you're just getting started and you do it for the right reasons, right? Like you do it simply put the money's great. You're looking to make an impact, right? You're looking to contribute. When these cats hear you speak, they feel some type of way and then they're inspired to take action. Uh, And that's awesome. Yeah. I was raised and have always been raised very humbly I was raised by a single mom. We grew up in a small town. What she taught me is compassion for people. She taught me empathy. She taught me authenticity. And that, that's the only way I know how to do it. So when I speak and people come up and say, man, you're real, you're authentic. And it's because, man, I've devoted my whole life to coaching people. Okay. And, and yes, the money's gotten bigger and better. But at the end of the day, it's still, I still call people that buy books on my website for 10 bucks. You know, I mean, I still call people that buy pro- program $99 programs. I mean, I still try to stay engaged with as many people as I can in a day because without those people, man, there is no songs to sing. The coach needs the players. The players need the coaches. The artist needs the fans. There's a symbiotic relationship. And as long as you appreciate those people and they appreciate you, then it, man, it makes for a beautiful thing. This is awesome. Straight off. People often ask me like, how did you blow up your brand in such a relatively short period of time? Uh, And the answer that I know in my heart is because I actually give a shit. I actually care. And and I remember in the beginning coach, like when I was building the community, like I had a private Facebook group and and on Instagram, literally I I would stay up till two in the morning, answering every single comment and message until eventually I literally couldn't. Um, But, but I still do my best to get back to everybody because I wanted them to know uh, that with us and see us, it's a personal connection. Uh, and that's yeah. been a really long way. And, and I see a lot of people maybe not do that so well. Well, I think what's small to you is big to them. You know, I went and saw an artist uh, on Friday night in Lake Tahoe and I was on the plane with him. I was on a plane with him flying out there. And uh, we talked about something because we had something in common. And so I, I messaged him before I went to the concert. So I, I think tickets were like 600 bucks, $1,200 for two tickets. And I messaged him on Instagram and it, like a video. I said, man, I'm proud of you for doing it big. I'm coming to see you. But he didn't, he didn't respond back to me. And people, people don't understand the, 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 how long that goes. If you just take a minute and go, thank you, man, for sending that message to me. Thank you for buying the tickets at 600 bucks. Thank you for supporting me and my family. Like, I think people, even when they get big, they forget how that makes that person feel. Okay. And, and so I always try to thank people and remember, you know, Hey, what's, what's big, what's small to you is big to them. And when I'm with you, how do I feel about me? And if I feel better about me when I'm with you, see, this is what guys like my is good at, really good at, right? Cause I asked my to do something for me the other day and he couldn't do it, but he came back and he, he sent me a minute and a half message explaining why he couldn't do it. Right. And he could have he could have just not responded or he could have said no. But he came back and he spent a minute and a half saying, man, I'd love to do it for you. Let me tell you why I can't do this particular thing, but I can do this. That means something to me. 
right? That he took that time to come back and say it because so, so big time people really get that. It, it really com- it comes down to effort, right? Or, or compassion. Yeah. You say empathy, but, but now I'm curious. So you sent that guy the message. He didn't respond, but you ended up taking the, a plane with him and going to Michelle. No, I was already, we were on a plane together, uh, flying out there, uh, commercially and we were both in first class and, and he, he, uh, he rented my lodge to write songs and um, cause it's outside of Nashville. And he told me that he wrote his number one hit here at this lodge. Right. And so he, he rented the lodge. He wrote a number one hit here. And I just said, man, I just said, congratulations, man. I'm proud of you. Good work. I'm going to be at the show tonight. Now, if that were me and I was the one singing the song right before I sang that song in front of all those people, I would have said, man, I wrote this next song, became a number one hit for me. And I wrote it at this dude's lodge in Tennessee. And he's here tonight. Like, that's how I think. Like, how do I include him? How do I include him? And I'm not thinking, I'm not talking bad about him. I'm just saying that would have made my whole, how many albums would I have bought of his if he would have done that? It's like, it's like, how do you win people over? Well, you advocate for them. Okay. You fight for them. And you got, this is just something that a lot of people got to learn. And, uh, you know, so I'm not saying I'm the best at it, but I do try to do it. What was that? That's right. I can hear your thoughts. Have no fear. I'm going to tell you exactly where you can get weekly access to the CLS experience live in action, dropping gems, nuggets, trainings, special celebrity and business mogul guest speakers, and maximum energy. We just launched the CLS membership. We have weekly Zooms with like-minded, growth-oriented juggernauts, networking and absorbing all the wisdom via weekly Zooms. Head to CultivateLastingSymphony.com and then bang, enter your new network today. Let's grow together, you dig this is gold for anybody that's trying to build a personal brand or a community or anything really like meaningful that it's the stuff like that that goes such a long way because then you would have been the biggest advocate. You would have told everybody, you know, you got to buy these albums, this, that, other thing, and that would have led to so much more. So, you know, sometimes it's the tiniest things that make the hugest impacts for sure. Yeah. And if you remember that, man, it's one, you build a brand one person at a time. One relationship at a time, one person fighting for you at a time, one person telling somebody positive things about you at a time, man. And over a period of time, it compounds to many. It's one to many. But man, the key to the many is to the one. That's what people need to remember. I'm laughing because we talk about the same frequency. This is awesome. So much love and respect for you. We'll land the plane with the final two nuggets. Uh, another one of your, some of your greatest hits is you talk about how amateurs listen to their feelings. Uh, I love yeah. this. I had Jim Rollman recently, and he was talking about something similar, standard over feelings. Uh, but I'd love to hear your perspective on it, brother. You know, if you've been doing anything for a long time at a high level, um, you know that you don't always feel like doing it. Okay. And I always joke and say, you know, the, the, the football player doesn't feel like getting hit on Sunday, but he's making millions of dollars. The artist doesn't always feel like singing the same songs but they still sing them because people are paying to come hear them. The, the speaker coach don't always feel like motivating people, but that's what they're getting paid to do. So, so I, I always say the amateur listens to their feelings. I don't feel like prospecting. I don't feel like following up. I don't feel like working today. The professional never listens to their feelings. 
They dress up, they show up, they grow up, and they deliver. And that's why they're pros. And that's why they make the pro money. So Elko would say, you know, some people play on Friday nights, some people play on Saturdays, but the pros play on Sundays. And that's a separator for me. When you are in the presence of a pro, it's like, that's why they're making the big money because they're just that good. And they don't listen to their feelings. It's unbelievable. Straight up from interviewing some of the world's greats in so many different industries. People often ask me, you've had some people on your show that don't usually do interviews. Like what is one common denominator? Uh, and you just nailed it. Like the, the greats look, we all have those days. We don't feel like it, but the grades do it on the days, regardless of how they feel. Right. It's like, it's like a Navy SEAL revert back to the training. And I think that's the big separator personally. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I always say I'm looking for Navy SEALs, not baby SEALs. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm looking for the, I'm looking for the real players, man. I want to work with the people that want to be the best. Uh, and then, and that's how do they show up? Consistency of showing up every day, reliable, dependable. They get the job done. They don't whine. They don't complain. They don't make excuses. That's what the pros do. And that's how we got to think. Navy SEALs, not baby SEALs. That's yep. That'd be a title of a great book at some point, right? You should be a hundred percent. I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah. I mean, you just yep. get going. Uh, we'll land it with this one. Um, you talk about how most people, uh, basically, they either can't do something, skill, or they don't want to, their attitude. Uh, this really yep. hit home for me. Tell me what you mean by this one, Coach. Well, it, if, if it's a skill thing, we can improve it. I, I believe we can improve It's an attitude thing. It's on you. You know, uh, I tell my daughter who's 10, bad attitudes make for hard lives. And I can't tell you how many people I see that have just bad attitudes, bad attitudes toward people, bad attitudes toward opportunity, bad attitudes toward the work. And I, I think I think if you come in with a good attitude and you want to skill up, we can skill you up. I'm humble. I'm hungry. I'm coachable. Right. I'm hungry. I'm humble. I'm coachable. Got a good attitude. I get my head up. I smile. I meet and greet people. I win people over. And that's because of my attitude. If you fly a plane and, you know, 2017, I bought my first jet and um, up, up in the cockpit, there's attitude indicators and an attitude indicator says that the plane is either ascending, which means it's climbing, it is plateaued or it is landing, descending. So it is in one of three states at all times, just like energy is. Energy is either dynamic, static or entropic. OK, and that attitude indicator tells you, hey, man, I'm climbing or I plateaued or I'm descending. Attitudes are like that. I got a great attitude. I flatline. I flattened out. I plateaued. I'm not getting any better. Or I'm actually descending, man. I'm in decline. I'm not getting any better. And I look at people's attitudes and I go, man, bad attitudes make for hard lives. You lose support from people when you got bad attitudes. And people don't understand. I've seen people on Zooms and I can tell they got a bad attitude because they're here and they're like this and not paying attention. And then people... When I go speak, they're not open. And, you, you know, it's like, it's like, man, I, nobody's going to help you with a bad attitude. Nobody's going to come to your defense with a bad attitude. Nobody's going to support you with a bad attitude. So think about your attitude indicator. Okay. Attitude is a posture of the body represented by a physical state. It's a posture. So I tell my, my daughter, when you walk in, head up, eye contact, shake hands, meet and greet people, let people know you're open for business, Right. But I don't see a lot of people who take that approach. They're closed off, head down, don't make eye contact, not friendly, 
And I see people today, I'm like, man, get your head up, man. Get your head up and smile. Get your head up and be open to opportunity. And these are things you got to teach adults today, which is crazy. Crazy. Right? I'm broke. I got a bad attitude. I'm not hitting my sales number, but I got a bad attitude. I'm, 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 my life sucks, but I got a bad attitude. Okay. Well, let's fix the attitude indicator first. Then, then things are going to get better in your life. That's just, that's kind of how I think as a coach. 100%. You have to be available, right? Yeah. Like no victim mentality. Like even on a Zoom, like, when I do, I do my coaching, my group meetings, and so forth, I see it right away. And and obviously, when you do keynotes, there's, there's always a couple people there that, for whatever reason, they're there, but they don't really want to be because they're not available to accumulate the content and the knowledge and the potential gems and so forth. Uh, such a good point. You mentioned the energy stuff. I imagine you're really big into that stuff, law of attraction, intention, and stuff like that. Yeah, I started studying Wayne Dyer as a, as a young guy. Yeah, it's a young guy. I had a and and he had such an impact on me. I remember being somewhere, and and um, he was going to be in Puerto Rico. He was on a cruise ship. He's going to land in Puerto Rico. He's going to do an event in Puerto Rico. And I I went online and bought a ticket to fly to Puerto Rico by myself to meet Wayne Dyer. And I got there, and they said, "Man, you must really want to meet Mister Dyer." There is nobody who flew from the States over to Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico is part of the United States, but they said, nobody flew over here just for this. It was only people on the Island that came to this. You're the only person that flew in here. And I said, man, I want to meet the dude. I want to look him in the eye. I want to shake his hand. I want to tell him, thank you. And so he had a deep impact on me and just the power of intention and the energy States and, um, you know, change your thoughts, change your life. I mean, it was, it was a deep impact on me. So I'm big on energy, the kind of energy you put out. Same, as if there wasn't any more alignment between you and me. I, I recently got into that stuff. I'd always been skeptical because it was beyond my senses, but I really bought in. Uh, and Wayne Dyer was someone I really gravitated towards. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, I yeah, say yeah. very humbly, Coach. The, the brand is exploding. The podcast is a few million downloads now. What's the best way for the uh, audience and the community to support you? I love it. Uh, man, I'm out there under Coach Michael Burt on pretty much everything. If you search Coach Michael Burt, you're going to find me, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, thousands of videos on YouTube. I think 1,800 when I looked the other day or something like that. Um, my coaching programs, Monster Producer, go to my website for any live events. I'm a very live person. I love in-person. I still coach intimate groups. Like I've got, I think, 20 coming in tomorrow here at the Lodge. I've got 30 to 40 to 50 coming in this weekend. And so I coach people in one to two day segments here at this 8,000 square foot lodge. I built out a training facility here in Tennessee. So it's really beautiful. Uh, so if you're interested, man, you want to get coached or just know more about me, just go to coachbird.com and find me on social. Hell yeah. And you guys know, like I'm very deliberate and intentional with anybody I collaborate with. I'm a big fan of coach. He's doing some really, really exciting things. And his content is just, he just hits a little differently. And also you got the book coming out in January. Is that right? Yeah, the book Flip the Switch is coming out through McGraw-Hill January 23rd, I believe, of next year. And we're going to make a big push for pre-sales here pretty soon. You're going to see me do some events. You're going to see me do some crazy things to to really make that book go. But it is my life's work on activating the prey drive in people. And it's my 17th book. So, you know, I think it's going to be my best book that I've ever written. I'm excited about bringing it to the marketplace because it really is going to be uh, instrumental in helping people activate that deep drive inside of them. That's it. You said do some crazy things. All I heard was remarkable boldness. How can I personally yeah. support you, brother? I think you're doing it, man. Just I need I need more people. I tell people you don't need more money. You need more people. 
and uh, putting me in front of people in your podcast and, and bringing me on your show is the best way you can support me, introducing me to key players and just, you know, being open to possibility between us in the future. That's the best way to support me. Done and done. Coach, hang out for one second. Uh, I want you to know you the definition of perspective, reinvention, and growth from taking your life experience to spreading positivity, light, deep truths. You're a true gladiator, visionary role model, and beacon of hope for anybody coming up today with big goals and aspirations. I can personally guarantee your best yet to come. Keep on spreading your wings and leaving your mark on this world. So much love and respect for you. Thank you so much for stopping by and dropping these priceless nuggets today. Yeah, man. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. You guys, great questions. Thank you for having me. Coach, that was an awesome conversation. Thank you, man. Thank you yeah. very much for having me. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of people in our network has been been really talking about you and saying what stuff you're doing. So it's it's uh, congratulations, man. I look forward. Let's follow up and see if there's some kind of opening or opportunity with us. I would absolutely love that. Do you ever come out to New York? Yeah, I do. Uh, I need to come out more. Uh, I'm I'm waiting on a trip to go see guys at Two Market Media on some things they're working on on for me. Uh, but but yeah, I'll be, I should I may be there at some point in the next couple months. Okay. Uh, again, anything that I could do to support, I'm a fan and I'd love to build a friendship. Let's exchange numbers. Do you have your phone on you? I'll give you mine. Yep. Yep. Nope. I'd love to have it. Shoot me a text. Uh, let me know when you're ready. All right. Go ahead. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow me on Instagram at Craig Siegel underscore CLS, the YouTube channel, Craig Siegel, and our website, CultivateLastingSymphony.com, where you could sign up for our email blast with all free trainings on all of our content. The best is yet to come.